Welcome, everyone, to the Lucius Trust Aquarius New Moon Meditation. Um, we just want to briefly mention that uh, two minutes ago was the exact time of the new moon. So um, we'd like to sort of hold that energy and really uh, try to be focused and quiet during this time, if you can be. Uh, we're now in the building phase towards the Pisces full moon energy. So it's a unique opportunity for us at this time. We'd like to welcome everybody who's here in person, here in our office in New York, and also everyone online on Zoom and our various social media platforms such as YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you for being with us tonight and sharing in this opportunity for service to humanity. The theme for tonight's talk is going to be the valley versus the mountaintop. But until we get into that, uh, we're going to spend a little time uh, meditating and then dis- and we'll have an opportunity for discussion as well. The significance of the new moon opportunity is that it is part of a planetary meditation that began during the full moon when extraplanetary energies were contacted and now we are at the completion stage of this cycle where we have the opportunity to distribute these energies out into humanity for healing and redemption. So it's it's important to remember that the new moon is part of that cycle. And if you can participate in both as an opportunity for greater service. So to begin, let's start with the mantra of unification. And it's on the screen there in Zoom for you as well. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. We like to start our meditations with a mantra to really focal, focalize the energy as a group. So 
So I'd like to talk about some of the energies that are unique to the particular moon and the energy cycle in Aquarius. Um, the opportunity available during the transition from the Piscean to the Aquarian ages at all levels of the human kingdom is to become fully functioning centers of force within the greater planetary life. This will allow us to receive and distribute evolutionary energies and forces that are seeking to heal and redeem the planet. The age of Aquarius has been predicted as a time of great rending, as older entrenched Piscean energies and thought forms that have outlived their usefulness will need to be destroyed and replaced by the newer Aquarian ideals and ideas. These older Piscean energies have been in manifestation for more than 2,000 years and have become crystallized and therefore harmful to all life on the planet. Through this crystallization, a valley experience has arisen within humanity. We have become immersed in matter and have lost sight of the higher spiritual realities. We have fallen into the valley of selfishness and separative thought, which is now blocking the spiritual light from penetrating. To climb out of this valley in our collective consciousness and back up to the mountaintop of spiritual integrity, we need to utilize the power of the mind and the energy of the newer Aquarian ideas to give us a vision for the climb. There are three keynotes in Aquarius that we can utilize in our visioning work, both at the time of the full and new moons and also for the duration of the Aquarian age. They are, one, service to humanity, two, activity on behalf of hierarchy, and three, humanitarian awareness. Each keynote is evocative for the task and role of a particular group or center within the greater planetary life. Each is needed to help humanity to make the transition from the Piscean to the Aquarian Age. The three groups helping at this time of transition are Hierarchy, the new group of world servers, and humanity itself. The first keynote, that of service to humanity, is for the planetary center of the hierarchy. Its role is to serve humanity by stepping down the energies and forces from Shambhala and the Christ to the new group of world servers and so they can make them available to humanity. These cosmic energies are electrical in nature and need a mediating group to act as a buffer, like an electrical transformer then that transmits electricity from one location to another. 
hierarchy mediates between these greater lives in which we live and move and have our being so that the new group of world servers and humanity can be the beneficiary of their redeeming energy and force. Hierarchy is the heart center or love aspect of our planetary life and demonstrates the perfect example of brotherhood, cooperation, and selfless service to all lives. The second keynote, that of activity on behalf of hierarchy, is the task of the planetary center of the new group of world servers. Their role is to help the hierarchy raise humanity back up to the mountaintop by presenting the newer Aquarian ideas and ideals through the power of their group meditation. They are here to receive and distribute these energies on behalf of humanity. They seek to penetrate into the glamour that humanity is currently imprisoned by using these forces of light. The new group of world servers' role is to be the Ajna center or visionary aspect of our planetary life. They help to hold out the vision of the plan to humanity so that the building of the new civilization can become a reality. The third keynote, that of humanitarian awareness, is for the emerging planetary center of humanity. Through the development of humanitarian awareness, they can be guided by the ideal of brotherhood and a true flowering of right human relations within all kingdoms of nature can be the result. Humanity's destiny is to become the throat center or creative aspect of the planetary life. Guided by a true humanitarian consciousness, a new civilization in alignment with Aquarian ideas and ideals of the plan will be possible. Through the activity of all these three centers, the vision of the Aquarian age can be contacted and distributed for creative expression and manifestation. With each group playing their role within the greater planetary life, we will reach the mountaintop together. Developing these centers can happen through the right use of the higher and lower aspects of the mind. It enables all groups to contribute to planetary evolution. The new group of world servers has developed the skill of logic and reason. It must now manifest booty or the intuition. To hasten this next step of human potential. In this way, we early adopters of these newer skills must use them in group service. At the time of the full and new moons and through the quality of love or Christ consciousness, contact can be made through the higher mind of the group, which allows the vision of the one life and the one heart to be seen and known. The vision can then be transmitted out into the mind of humanity to help manifest ideals of unity and oneness within the planetary life. Humanity needs to be shown these newer ideas so that the older thought forms of separation which have resulted in the valley experience can be clearly seen and replaced. 
this selfishness within the human kingdom, born from a deep sense of separation, must be transformed by the ideal of group consciousness. The valley needs to be seen as an illusion built of desire and attachment to matter in all forms and replaced by a right right relationship to God and one's fellow human beings. The ideal of goodwill offers a solution to this impasse in consciousness. If humanity learns to live by the words of the Christ, to love thy neighbor as thyself, it will enable us to create a future of peace and justice for all. It will take the efforts of the new group of world servers holding out this vision to humanity to pull us out of this foggy valley of illusion and into the sunlight of pure reason. As the first responders to this planetary crisis, we need to do all we can to be the water of life and pour forth these Aquarian energies and ideals to thirsty men. We must become beacons of light and hope and the promise of things not seen and through faith continue to hold out this plan to humanity. At the new moon, we can distribute these life-giving energies through our group meditation, which began at the higher interlude of the full moon and can now be completed at the lower interlude during the new moon part of this cycle. This in-breath and out-breath or invocation and evocation helps to distribute these cosmic energies by contacting them and bringing them down into the valley to light the way for humanity. We then bring the highest to the lowest and complete the cosmic cycle of energy reception and distribution. Being aware of the plan and knowing how to meditate can hasten its realization. We have a responsibility to help build a bridge between these higher and lower energies or between the will of God and man. The human kingdom will stay in the valley of separation or it can rise up to the mountaintop again through these forces of light and love. By assisting humanity at this time of the full and new moon, we are contributing to the success of the plan and the real possibility of true planetary redemption. Okay, now we are going to meditate together. Strengthening the hands of the new group of world servers. Group fusion.
I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the group of world servers. Mentally extend a light line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center, to the Christ, the heart of love within the hierarchy, and towards Shambhala, where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the group of world servers mediating between hierarchy and humanity, responding to hierarchical impression and meditating the plan into existence.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought through the impression and expression of certain great ideas, humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers. Precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love throughout the planet, from Shambhala through the planetary heart center, the hierarchy, through the Christ, 
the new group of world servers, through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and finally, through the hearts and minds of the whole human family. Lower interlude. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the new group of world servers, so building the thought form of solution to world problems.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness with light, love, and power. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone, who participated in the meditation. We are now going to move into the discussion part of the evening. So if you have one of these flyers, we have quite a nice group tonight in the in the trust office. Um, we have a few uh, questions for reflection that we can use if you'd like to um, have a conversation, but don't feel tied to these questions. Um, if you've had impressions or thoughts that you want to share, please feel free. And we have a second mic here um, that we can hand over to you so that people who are listening via our social media and Zoom can hear you as well. 
So is there anybody that would like to speak? Who's in the room or online? Please raise your hand in the Zoom hand raise feature and we'll call on you. Sure, we can read the first question if that would be helpful. All right, who's raising their hand? Okay, Maria Christina, do you want to um, unmute yourself so we can hear you? We're just trying to get the volume turned up so we can hear you. So, don't. Oh, Maria, Christina, please unmute. Okay. Wonderful. Did you have something you wanted to share or a question you the wanted to The seed ask? thought for the new moon. I'm jumping into it. Uh, that we has been used for decades on the... Um, our role as, and I'm not going to remember it, of course, offhand after all these years, but, but the bringing the thoughts that I need, the ideas and thoughts, the responsibility that we have to bring in the new thoughts and ideals into the public realm, so to speak, um, giving life to these, knowing, of course, that Energy follows thought, and the eye directs the energy. So what thought forms of solution are we building and directing? There's such an overwhelming minutia as far as daily life goes, you know, the world situation. And on the other hand, there's such an overarching abstractions such as the thought of synthesis. I'm just sharing my meditation. And so the balance between who to vote for and synthesis, I recalled a pamphlet that Lucius Trust put out a while ago called Values to Live By. And it was very powerful at the time. And I'm just wondering if that is still available because because these thought forms of just the values themselves, such as cooperation, as I recall, and harmony, um, somehow became a balancing point between the necessity to, to vote and certainly to build through meditation those Critical, I mean, bridges to the inner kingdoms, but just to focus again on, on those values to live by that were a focus a few years ago. That thought came to me. Thank you, Maria Christina. Um, somebody in the office is nodding that that pamphlet on values to live by is still available. And if there's anyone listening, 
online or here in the office who would like a copy, you can email us, you can write us, you can call us and let us know, and we'll try to get it out to you. There may also be a digital version on our website. Yeah, somebody's nodding that there is. So if you want to poke around the website under resources, you can probably find a lot of really interesting and useful pamphlets and other uh, literature there for your inspiration. But you you make a very interesting point. One of the things that I think is really critical about dissipating in the new moon, which I find less people do than the full moon, I guess because more people know about the full moon than the new moon, is that it is the opportunity to do like we did in the last phase of the meditation to try to think through into practical terms what all these ideas and ideals would actually look like in the world. And that is a very creative act. And by us doing that, we are helping our fellow humans who may not be as creatively inclined as we are or have the opportunity maybe because of their circumstances to sit and meditate like we are. And so we're helping each other think about and visualize and try to come up with plans and solutions and actually, like you said, uh, energy follows thought. We can help them actually precipitate by doing that. So it's it's a very powerful exercise and not to be uh, downplayed for its importance. Obviously, I agree with you. You still have to be in the world and be responsible citizens and willing to participate in our communities and our nations and our families. Those are critical areas of service. But also this opportunity to do the very creative act of meditation as well. Thank you, Maya, and thank you, Maria Donadu. I just wanted to add to what um, Maria said um, and to um, clarify that um, I think it's really good you brought up this this idea that when we work with the Newman and we're talking about you know bringing spiritual ideas into human consciousness, into human humanity's thought life, what we're really talking about aren't necessarily ideas as we normally think of ideas. They're actually um, universal virtues, and so this idea of a spiritual idea, something which is in one in an esoteric sense abstract, but it's something which we recognize as a universal virtue or as a universal sort of ideal. And so the task, you know, to my understanding, in meditation is to sort of bridge between these abstract or spiritual realms and the realm of actual concrete thought, and it's a very um, dangerous task especially today when we have so much um so much ideologues so much of this sort of doctrinalness in our public discourse that we don't um that we that we have to keep in mind that as we're thinking through these things they have to remain universal you know it's not that there's just this one way to express any one value obviously we know these look different in different cultures but even in our culture there's such profound disagreement on what's right and wrong these days. And I think our task is to really, as people who meditate and as what we call members of the new group of world servers, is not to really fall into that sort of doctrinal trap so much, but to try to just bridge between those higher realms. And I think that itself sort of 
resolve resolves a lot of the miasmas and fogs and all that distortion that is circulating today. And it's really it's magical work, actually. Thank you, Michael. Is there anybody else in the room here who would like to speak? There's a comment in the Zoom comment box. We've got somebody here who would like to speak in the room. Um, I would like to, um, I guess, add to what Michael was saying when he was uh, expressing himself. I thought of um, translation. Like we have to be careful and help whoever it is that is interested in meditation or the work that we do to translate um, in the terms, in the ways DK uses that term. Um, we have to be patient and help them understand what we are expressing. We talk about the new group of world servers. Um, that's a very a delicate thing to do, um, at least for me, um, because we're tasked with helping whoever's interested, you know, they, we might meet with understanding the way we see these things in the Aquarian age and what's to come. Um, so yeah, the word translation came to mind. Okay. Do you want to read it? We've got somebody's comment in the chat room. Yeah, um, it's from Dennis. He says, I liken the Aquarian pouring forth of water to volunteering at a marathon. My role is to see that the runners are sustained and hydrated in order to reach their next goal and eventually cross the finish line. I could fancy a relationship between the runners' heels and souls touching the earth and the way in which a world server heals souls. The runner's feet, each having a heel and soul, represent together four points of contact with the material world, whereas their will to achieve the goal must transcend seeming physical limitation and express the aspiration of their soul. They run as a pack, yet as a pack they do not run alone. Still others serve to encourage, hydrate, and mend them. As I envision pouring forth water for these thirsty men and women, I'm reminded of the friction on the tread of their shoe and the theme of treading the way of love. That was a very beautiful and poetic description of what could be seen as sort of a very ordinary event, but obviously could be viewed on a lot of levels. And uh, I really enjoyed the symbolism of your description on a lot of levels. There's a few other comments, and if anyone here wants to say anything. No other hands raised. Uh, Malcolm. Okay, we've got another person in the room here. Um, I find it interesting with the actual, is it the question? No. Okay, yeah, not the 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 title, the valley versus the mountaintop. Could you elaborate? I don't know if it's going to take forever, but what does that mean? The valley versus the mountaintop. Um, I actually 
borrowed that from uh, Master Dwell Cool because he used that terminology in the chapter on uh, Aquarius, the constellation of Aquarius in his book, Esoteric Astrology. So you could actually read his thoughts on it, but my purpose in using that was to just sort of describe, um, you know, the current state of humanity having sort of become disconnected from spiritual or higher thoughts, sort of fallen into a more material phase of existence and that we need to reconnect with those higher energies. And the mountaintop is a symbol that's been used in many traditions to describe a very high point of reference or view where you can see more broadly, more widely, and therefore hopefully more profoundly something. And a valley being kind of in a a crevice, sort of in the dark, fallen in a place where you're constricted and you can't see as much. So it's a, it's words that are describing maybe states of consciousness or a symbolism for that sort of state of reality. David, do you want to unmute yourself? I believe I have. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes, I posted in the chat box uh, a great quote from one of Alice Bailey's works, uh, Discipleship in the New Age. It's on page 158. If I could read it to everybody, uh, it'd be a nice thing to share. It is an aspect of the divine manifestation to which that great Son of God refers to as Sri Krishna. He remarks, having paraded this entire universe with a fragment of myself, I remain. That fragment is the soul of all things, and that soul brings light and spreads enlightenment. So this is kind of a encapsulated uh, presentation of being a water bearer to all. Thank you. Thank you, David. Any other hands raised? Okay. Unless there's anyone else in the room here that would like to speak, you sort of looking like you're eager here. I was thinking in your example with the valley, would the valley be represented by Capricorn? Sort of like going through the hard work, the rigid thinking, and then coming to Aquarius. Once you achieve the mountaintop, then you do the Aquarius part where you share what you saw, the knowledge with the society. That's an interesting question. Um, actually, traditionally, Capricorn is used because of the goat of Capricorn as a symbol of climbing to a mountaintop of initiation and high awareness. So it would, would almost be the opposite. But uh, the master Tibetan Dwalkul uh, says in his book, Esoteric Astrology, that there's no hard and fast boundaries between any of the signs and oftentimes two opposing signs are actually cycles of one energy so there's a lot of ways to look at that and there is a there are relationships between capricorn and aquarius in that regard too so the way i'm thinking it's 
like the zodiac is kind of like the process step by step where one leads you to the next step that's what i was that's what i was thinking i would oh sorry i would just add to that of what i was going to share a moment ago actually um when malcolm was talking is like it's interesting to reflect on the duality as which is in the theme of valley on the mountaintop exactly in reference to that is that as you approach capricorn there's the duality of sort of struggle between going to the mountaintop but then the duality is a different type of duality in aquarius which is one of service of coming down back into the valley in a way so you can reflect on two different types of duality and also um, the opposite of aquarius is leo Mm -hmm. and leo can be viewed as you know uh sort of self-serving you know very uh selfish version or a very magnetic person who can lead because of their experience. So um, that is also tied with Aquarius, too, is those energies that oppose each other between Aquarius and Leo. Would, in this case, uh, Aquarius be, I don't know if it would be the right terminology, but kind of like a higher octave of Leo, where... Leo has the creativity and the focus, but it keeps it on itself, where Aquarius still has the creativity, but now it's spreading. So the same message, but different focus. Yeah, I think um, one of the things, and this is a longer conversation, obviously, about astrology or the difference between mundane astrology and esoteric astrology, but every sign has a more mundane expression and a more sort of uh, initiate level of expression. And sometimes that's described as the crosses, the mutable cross, the fixed cross, and the cardinal cross describe sort of different um, levels of expression of the I, the uh, archetype of that sign. So. Yes, John. Please unmute. Thank you, friends. It's John Horan. And I'm always pleased when we're in the time of Aquarius. It feels good to me. You may recall the sign is a glyph. Two waves together. Which is a sign of duality, as several of the signs are. But they are in harmony. And it's also helpful to remember as the world goes through what it's going through, as we go through what we're going through, is that Aquarius is also the seventh ray energy, embodying in it the first ray, the one that sweeps aside all the old crystallized forms. So we see how this plays out. I try and recall uh, when times look challenging that another frame that we can use to interpret the Aquarian energy is that of rhythm or sattva. The energy is coming into harmony. This is very helpful because we have the alignment of earth, moon, and sun all in the constellation of Aquarius. So thank you for your patience, and thank you for your good work. With that, I'll turn it back over to you.
Thank you, John. I was also remembering that the two waves of Aquarius are also related to the symbol of pouring forth the water, that they're sort of the water being poured forth as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of different uh, interpretations of those symbols. Is there any other hands raised? No. Is there anybody here in the room who would like to speak? As you stated, this 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 could keep going into more conversation. Um, so the the sun is in the sun is in Aquarius, and the moon is also in Aquarius, and it's also the Chinese New Year. And what is? I'm, I'm looking around in the books. There's Vedic astrology. I'm looking at the Dalai Lama. Western astrology and what what can you elaborate more on the influence on these teachings? If if you are on Alice you, Bailey's yes work, um, well, in a nutshell, Alice Bailey's work with the Tibetan master Dwell Cool was as a an amanuensis, which means that she basically took you know dictation of his work, and um, I would say it's in the order of being a modern presentation of the ageless wisdom teachings, sort of in the same tradition as theosophy and like the secret doctrine. And there's been, you know, different times when those teachings have come out, but the intention is for a modern sort of Aquarian presentation. And as, as a transitional teachings between the Piscean and Aquarian ages for modern discipleship living, Any other quotes, Kathy, or hands raised? Anyone else in the room who'd like to speak before we go to more chat room? All right. Any other uh, comments that you want to read? Um, Bruce writes, The vision arose for me of a smoky and obscured valley filled with the masses of humanity struggling and contending with each other at war in separation. And among them are a few who have caught a look at the mountain top in the distance. They carry a lighted chalice of water on their heads. And those lost in the smoke who see them and are attracted to them on their pilgrimage will receive a measure of their light and wisdom. Perhaps they will then also catch a glimpse of the mountaintop and in their own way start their own journey towards the heights. We have a lot of poets tonight. <laughs> it's very beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, there's one, another one from Matthew. Okay. Let us climb the mountain of love the pinnacle being unconditional love and caring and goodwill for everyone. On this mountaintop is a great spring, the source of love. Collect this in your chalice. Then as we come down the mountaintop, down through the levels, 
we can pour forth to our brothers and sisters this love and caring and our good thoughts. And there's another hand raised. Robin. Robin, can you unmute yourself? Thank you. I wanted to add to the grouping in Aquarius, not just Sun, Moon, but it's also Pluto. Robin, could you speak up a little? We're having a hard time hearing you. Oh, okay. Um, Let's see. Testing? Is that better? A little better, yep. As loud as you can without screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I did something with my sound. Okay. So can you hear me now? Yes, that is better. Thank you. Okay. So um, what is in Aquarius right now is the sun, moon, Mercury, and Pluto. And Pluto has just begun. It's like zero degrees of Aquarius, but it's going to be a long journey. So Aquarius is going to be rolled over by Pluto repeatedly, I think for maybe the next four years. I'm a Capricorn, and I had Pluto running over me for since the pandemic, really, 2020. But I also have Mercury and Venus in Aquarius, so <laughs> the rolling over will continue. And it really is a time of cleansing, changing, and kind of breaking the chalice of the old, breaking that bowl of of the Piscean Age that created a kind of uh, water, warm, loving, Pisces is very loving, kind, um, into more of the intense electrical energy. It it isn't just water, it's, it's electricity, which is a very different kind of heat as opposed to Leo, which is like the sun, it's very warming. This electric heat is pretty intense. And now with Pluto running over it, It's going to be a real interesting time for us. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think, uh, was it Michael that you mentioned? Or somebody mentioned that uh, the seventh ray veiled the first ray. That was what was coming to mind, you know, this sort of organizing energy. But there's a, a will behind it to get things back in order that are in extreme disorder. You know, because that's um, will create a greater health and harmony and peace in the world. You know, putting things right again that have been disrupted, and that's why I find it interesting in the Great Invocation when you read some of the wording that uh, Master Dwell Cool put into it. It says right here, re- uh, the coming one returning to Earth. Um, you know, sealing the door where evil dwells, restoring the plan. All these phrases sound like something that was, that was lost and now needs to be rectified. And I think that's an important thing to be aware of, you know, in terms of the history of humanity. Anyone else raising their hand, Kathy? Nope. Okay. Um, is there anybody else in the room here that would like a chance to speak? 
could be a lot of things, but it's definitely sharing what you have to share on many or as many levels as possible. Well, just being a server, sharing whatever you have to give to anyone who can use it freely, unconditionally, abundantly. All right. Anyone else online there, or do you think? Marie Christina, did you want to unmute? It's been beautiful sharings. I am very grateful for group thought and sharings. I I would just add that of late, I have been sharing rather I, the great invocation that has been sharing for decades, locally and in different ways, and sometimes more steadily than others. I find now the use of the first stanza of the great invocation, you know, may the forces of light bring illumination to humanity. May the spirit of peace be spread abroad. May men and women of goodwill everywhere meet in the spirit of cooperation. May forgiveness be the keynote of the time. Let power attend the efforts of the great ones, so let it be and help us to do our part. I find there's a great receptivity among the general public to this. I've, I've, I've had little cards just with that made up. And the thoughts of forgiveness and the thoughts of cooperation. And it's kind of short and pithy. And I find um, a, a great, um, I don't know, comfort even that uh, folks feel in these words. So. Well, thank you for that effort to try to bring those comforting words to others. All right. Well, I think... Thank you, everybody, for who shared or just being here. We have a, a, an exceptional crowd tonight. We're uh, we're really hoping that uh, people will return to coming to the Trust for Full Moons and New Moons in person. I think, you know, COVID obviously sort of knocked the wind out of people's sails. And, you know, we're back here meditating in person. And please feel free to come here and join us in person as well. Um, it's always nice to have company and fellow uh, servers to meditate with. All right. So in closing, just want to let you know of some upcoming opportunities to meditate. The next one is going to be the full moon in Pisces, which will be on February 23rd um, at 6 p.m. here at the Lucius Trust office in New York, but also online. And you can go to our website for the link to register for that. And then after that, on Friday, March 8th at 6 p.m. will be the next new moon, which will also be in Pisces. And that will be here in the Trust office as well as online as well. 
So thank you again for uh, coming and participating. I'm sorry, Maya. I would just add that we have the Triangles Medit Meditation Group webinar on this coming Monday oh, that's on the right. 12th. That's right. Just in two days, three days. And that's important to know, too, because uh, Triangles is now a monthly rather than a weekly opportunity. So it just is coming up this Monday if you want to to participate in that if you have in the past, just to be reminded that it is this Monday. All right. So thank you very much for coming and, and meditating with us and have a good evening. Yeah, they're all recorded and posted on the website. You go to triangles.org, you can find them. Just let them know. Thank you.